0: be no different so today we're also saying thanks to the people in our own community that have served our community and shown compassion in the places that they work and live but being a church we want to go one step further and we're going to look directly at the sort of compassion that Jesus had when he was on earth and he instructs us still to have to this day so I wonder what comes to your mind when I say the word compassion or when you think about compassion You know, is it a picture, does a person come into your mind, is it some words or a definition? What is it? On your sheet today, on on your piece of paper that you've got on your chair, or that you were handed when you came in, you've got some lines here and a bit of a space. What does compassion look like to you? And I want you just to think, just for 30 seconds, I want you to jot down some notes, draw a picture, write a name of a person, whatever it is that pops into your head when I say compassion. So you've got 30 seconds to pop something down. have a pencil just have a think okay all right have you at least had the chance to have a think got something down so was it your compassion child maybe your sponsor child maybe mother Teresa is a name that might pop into your mind missionary in in calcutta uh, helping professions like nurses, doctors, teachers, maybe. Uh, it, was it being nice to people who are hurt and lonely? Maybe that's your definition. Or is it being a missionary? Is it something to do with tears and sadness or comforting a friend? Now I want to ask you a question. With show of hands, how many of you wrote the church or Christianity as your definition of compassion? Interesting. None? none not not many none I don't think so that for us for those of us who attend churches I think that should be a problem because as far as I can see it from what the scriptures say that is God's definition of compassion he wants the church and Christ's followers to be compassionate and to be actively bringing compassion and hope to a lost world so if we're not doing that if we don't see that as our definition of compassion then we might need to be asking some questions Okay, on your chairs there is another card, this one, it's got writing on both sides and I want you to turn to the side that has the Brennan Manning quote on it. Okay, got it? Everyone got it? Look to your neighbours if you don't have it because we're going to read it aloud together. Are you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christian's who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Did, Did any of you, when you read that, did you go, oh, that's wrong, far out, that's not it? Did it sting a little bit? It stings for me and I had to ask myself the question, why does that sting a bit? Maybe because there's some truth in it. So I have to be honest... I've never really considered myself to be a compassionate person to the point where a few years ago I really felt challenged on this and I spent a lot of time praying about it. I was quite aware that maybe I wasn't as compassionate as I needed to be. So I would try very hard during this time to do things that I saw compassionate people doing, I thought. So I, you know, if someone was in need, I'd, I'd make them a meal, I'd take it over or um, if someone was going through something, I'd really try to give them a call or step beside them and you know, help them through that stuff. And none of that is wrong. That is not wrong. All that stuff is good stuff. And I also wasn't unfeeling. I did have feelings and emotions and and that kind of thing. But I saw people in my world who were extraordinarily moved and touched by circumstances and situations and and people going through things. And I knew I wasn't in that place. And I very much tried to put it down to my personality or temperament. I, you know, my spiritual gifts maybe were not that makeup. I wasn't mercy was low so I'm not compassionate I don't need to be compassionate but I really felt challenged that that just wasn't good enough and that that really wasn't where Jesus wanted me to be so I do believe that God was requiring more from me than that so the change came when I just started simply reading scripture reading the Bible on a regular basis and I was spending intentional time learning about what his words said about life and how to live it and how to grow And mostly it came from studying the life of Jesus. So that's what we're doing through this series. So let's have a look. We're going to find three things this morning that Jesus points us to, guides us to do. So we're going to look at Matthew 9, verse 35, if you have your Bibles, or it's going to be on the screen. Okay, so Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So people followed Jesus everywhere back then. He was their miracle man. Wherever he went, people were healed, lives were transformed. A lunchbox of bread and fish became like a feast for a village. and Free food, I would have been there. Free food, free fish and chips back then, that would have been me. People were walking on water over here. Yeah, free show. I'm there for that. There was miracles everywhere going on. Water into wine. Yeah, free alcohol. I'm not there for that. Mm -mm. No, not there. That's too far. But it was pretty awesome. And, you know, back then they didn't have Xbox. They didn't have awesome TV shows like Beauty and the Geek and Swamp People. So they had nothing to do, really. This guy was awesome. He was entertainment. Let's go and see this Jesus man. What is he offering? What can we see today? What's going to go on? And they flocked to him. They surrounded him. And the Bible even says sometimes Jesus went to find solitude. But the crowds would find him. And he would have compassion on them. Which would not be my first choice. If I was trying to seek some alone time and my children keep trying to follow me into the toilet. My first response is not compassion. I have to be honest. But for Jesus, it was so the first thing we learn from that verse, from those things I just said, was that Jesus about Jesus and compassion is that he, Jesus saw on your little fill in, saw the needs. Got a pencil? Fill it in. Jesus saw their needs. It says uh, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He saw their sicknesses, he saw their diseases, their wounds, physically, emotionally and spiritually, their wounds. He says in Matthew 9 verse 12, it's not the healthy who need a sick, (laughs) it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 8.16 says, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. So I have to ask, how many times do we just not see the need? Do we not see what's going on around us? Because we're too busy. We're moving too fast. We have our routines. We have the things that we need to do, the places we need to be. A little while ago, Carl and I were kind of challenged by this thought and we were, we were just discussing in the car, actually seeing the need and, and having time in your day and in your schedule to be able to stop. And we're driving along in our car in the rain through towards Riverlink And coming down the path in the opposite direction was this mum she had two kids who were walking home from school in the rain. She had one child who could walk and one child who was in a wheelchair, an umbrella, they're in the rain and we're talking about this in the car and we just went, we need to help, we need to stop and help. So they're walking this way, we're driving this way and that road to Riverlink, there's nowhere to turn around easily so they're still walking, we had to kind of find a spot to turn around, wait for the cars, come back the other way, we got to the lights Then at the pet shop, red lights for us, they're walking across the street to the other block so we can like, we need to catch them. Lights turn green, we go through the lights, still nowhere to turn, had to go down the street, around, found them, just as they opened the gate into their house. (laughs) So I don't know what God was trying to say to us, but I, I do actually think he says, look, you need to see a need and you need to spend some time trying to meet that need. Yes, it might not always go to plan, but let's actively try to have some time in our day and eyes to see what is going on in the world around us. So there's a great quote from Mother Teresa, and I think it's on your, yep, it's on the bottom of your sheet. I love it. It says, stay where you are. Find your own Calcutta. Find the sick, the suffering, and the lonely right there where you are, in your own homes, in your own families, in your workplaces and in your schools. You can find Calcutta all over the world if you have the eyes to see. Everywhere, wherever you go, you find people who are unwanted, unloved, uncared for, just rejected by society, completely forgotten, completely left alone. So what do you need to see around you? The thing about Jesus was that he didn't just see the need. Next one is, Jesus felt their suffering. Oh, felt their suffer. Matthew 8 1 to 3 says when Jesus came down from the mountainside large crowds followed him a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said Lord if you're willing you can make me clean Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man I am willing he said be clean immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy so Jesus touched the leper and he was made clean there's a guy called Dr Paul Brand he worked among lepers for Many, many years, and he had some interesting um, reflections on Jesus living in this community or being around, how he interacted with the crowds, especially those who were diseased. Have a listen to what he says. He writes, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the eyes of the blind, the skin of the person with leprosy, and the legs of the cripple. I have sometimes wondered why Jesus so frequently touched the people he healed, many of whom must have been unattractive, obviously diseased, unsanitary, and smelly. With his power, he could have waved a magic wand and got rid of the the disease, but he chose not to. Jesus' mission was not chiefly a crusade against disease, but rather a ministry to individual people, some of whom happened to have a disease. He wanted those people, one by one, to feel his love and warmth. Jesus knew he could not readily demonstrate love to a crowd, for love usually involves touching. I love that. I love that Jesus is like that. I love that Jesus is not someone who just waves a wand, but wants to be one-on-one wants to touch feel our suffering be in it with us but if you think about it it is astounding that he's like that it blows my mind because the reality is that the people he saw were not just unattractive and smelly they were sinners just like you and me they were sinners he saw into their hearts he knew the ugliness of the sin in their hearts and sin and jesus cannot coexist it's abhorrent to him He's the holy God of the universe. There is nothing in him, nothing about these people that should have caused compassion to stir up in him. But it did. The beauty of Christ is his compassion is not based on appearance. His compassion is based on an internal reality within him. He is compassion, just like he is love and he is peace and he is joy. And that's the only way you and I can have true compassion. See, we need Jesus in us. We need to feel his compassion well up inside of us. So all of the good things that I was trying to do, make meals and all that, good stuff. But it was not going to do me any good until I sorted it out. It wasn't until I got to know Jesus more that I could even have a chance of being more compassionate. He is compassion. Because as I love him, I feel his real and genuine compassion inside of me. So what do we do with this growing compassion inside of us, this stirring. What does Jesus tell us to do? I love this one. Jesus commands, Guess commands us to, oh, come on, people, what do I lead? Go! Jesus commands us to go. Surprise! I love that point. And if you've been here before, you may have heard it preached from this platform. Jesus commands us to go. We see the need. Or well, he saw the need, he felt their suffering, and then he commands us, his disciples, to go. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, interestingly... Earlier in Matthew, Jesus was talking again to his disciples about going into the world. This is not the only passage. He was talking in Matthew 10 about the disciples going into the world. And he gave them then the authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal disease and sickness. Okay? And in that same passage, I love this, in that same passage, he also gives them quite clear instructions. And... In this original language of the text, um, it shows us that this just wasn't a friendly discussion around a table. Jesus going, right, I want you to go. What do you think we should do? Should you go here? Should you go there? What do you think, Peter? What do you think about this? Wasn't like that at all. It was like a military commander commanding his troops. So what I know of the military is that if you're given an instruction, there's not much wriggle room on that. There's no debating. There's no rationalizing or arguing with your officer in charge. There's just obedience, pretty sure. That's right. Matt, am I right? Maybe not you. Matt's a bit of a rebel, but pretty much, we all know that, pretty much, you get given an instruction and you go. So these are his instructions and this, honestly, I read this and I still squirm. This is where it gets really challenging. Rubber meets the road. So are you ready? Matthew 10 verse 7 to 8 says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So very clear there. The point is to go, go and proclaim the message. And then the four things. How do we go? Number one, we go to the sick. Heal the sick, go to the sick. Don't go to the healthy. Go to the sick, not the people it's easy to be around. Go to the people it's hard to be around. Oh, but I might get sick. Yep, you might. But go to the sick, don't go to where it's safe. Go to the dangerous places. Go to the diseased. And as I was, I was thinking this through and reading this through yesterday, I really felt that some of you have had stirring. Some of you, God has started to open your eyes to a need. And you're not sure about this. You're not sure if this is what a God's saying, should I do it, should I not? I really felt him tell me, yes. This is your confirmation. You are to go into that area that he has put on your heart. And if that's you, I'd love for you to come and I'd pray with you at the end because it's an exciting thing. But just felt that there were some people in here that had that stirring in their heart. Second, he says, go to the dying, raise the dead. So spend time with those people who are dying. That's an awkward time sometimes. But be with the people, be with people in their need. Don't run from these awkward, difficult lonely times and raise the dead that would be awesome get some pictures if you do that because that would be really cool (laughs) not impossible Jesus did it and he said we have that power in us but take pictures make sure you record that because that would be awesome third cleanse those who have leprosy they're talking about going to the despised here the culture back then was not kind to people with leprosy they were unclean they this was a culture where if someone had leprosy They are ostracized. You don't don't get anywhere near, you don't want to go anywhere near a person with leprosy. And as they walked through the towns and the villages, they would shout out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And the crowds would move apart for this person. They didn't want to go anywhere near these lepers. And Jesus says, Go to them. They're the people that nobody else wants to go to. Go to the despised in your community, in your Calcutta. Go to those people. Fourthly, drive out demons. Go to the dirty, those who are most tainted with sin. So all of this, this is weird and it's radical and it's just hard. And Jesus is saying very clearly to his disciples, you know the people that the world ignores. You know the people that the world burdens down. You know the people that the world avoids altogether and oppresses. They're yours. Go to them. They're the people. So if we as individuals and a church, if we are people who are constantly around other people who look like us, who are wealthy, content, healthy, well-off, then I think we have to ask the question, are we being disobedient to the Great Commission? Because Jesus says, go to the diseased, the dying, the despised and the dirty. Jesus' commission is to go to the areas of greatest need, not to the areas of least need. We're drawn to need by the commission of Christ. Now, is that to say that the wealthy person next door we don't worry about or you know, we forget about our neighbours, we ignore them? Not at all, not at all. We are all in need of Jesus. But I do think we need to wrestle with this question like we have been this whole series and hopefully beyond this series, we need to wrestle with the teachings of Jesus. Are we doing enough? Am I ever inconvenienced in my walk with Jesus? Do I get my hands dirty? You know, today we're going to hear some really inspiring stories of people helping, ordinary people, helping other people, going the extra mile, really showing practical ways Of showing love but to all of us here are we being obedient to the Great Commission Matthew 10 38 says whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me whoever finds their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it but there is some good news in all of that I hope you're squirming I was squirming but I hope I hope you hear this next bit this good news So that passage we just went went through, Jesus says we go, we proclaim the message, we heal the sick, we cleanse the lepers, we go to the dying. But listen to the very next verse, the very next thing that he said, Matthew 10 verse 9, do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts, no bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, For the worker is worth his keep. So Jesus is telling us clearly here that he is all that we need, we can trust him on this scary journey of compassion and, and discovery of what it is that Jesus, the, the gospel demands of us, he will be there and we can depend on that. We don't need to wait. We don't need to have everything store, sorted. We don't need to store up for a rainy day and have the house paid off, have the investment home sorted, the super done, the kids grown up, moved out. Then I'll go. No, Jesus says, go now and that he will be enough. So I want you to pick up this card again Because on the other side, there's another quote. And it's the vision of this church, which comes out of the Great Commission in Matthew 28 that we're talking about. All right, read this one with me this time. Catalyst Church's vision is to be a unique church provoking lasting change by sharing compassion and hope. And read the question with me. Am I doing enough? Is it all about works and what we do? No. No. Jesus has done it all for us. By his dying on the cross, he took upon himself all of our sin. He's made us clean. We're no longer separated from him in our sin, but we're clean in his sight because he willingly sacrificed himself in our place. We deserve the death, but he took it. And to be a part of that, all we need to do is believe. That's it. We just need to believe that. That's what being saved is about. And in that, it's freeing. It's so freeing because it's so simple we also then get life. So in exchange for his death, we get life. And it's possible on a day like today that you may never have heard this or had a chance to respond to this message. And it would be our privilege to pray with you today or or talk with you about it if you wanted to know more. But as you've heard today, as he changes our heart, we follow him. Our heart of gratitude to him gets stirred. And we want to be obedient to this great God who has a plan for restoration for all his people. So we obey. And this is the challenge for this church. This is partly why today we're going out. Thankfully, it's not as hot as it has been. But if it was, we'd still be going out. And we're going to pick up paper. We're going to, in a very small way, get our hands dirty to show love to our community. But it is more than that. We're being obedient. And I just pray that all of us are challenged here this morning. There's so many other ways you can go as well. There's religious instruction in in schools or... CAP support workers, there's Operation Christmas Child volunteers, you could go on a mission trip to Papua New Guinea, you could be a red frog this year at schoolies, you could visit an aged care home in your area, you could become a foster parent, you could love your neighbour. Whatever it is for you, ask God to show you the need, feel their suffering and then go. Lord Jesus we just thank you for this opportunity to really wrestle with some of the tough stuff in your word Lord, and I just pray for all of us here that our hearts would be opened to hearing from you, that our eyes would be opened to see the need like you see the need, to get in to touch people with our love and to go into the world, into the places that you're sending us that might not be comfortable, that might not be easy, that might take sacrifice, but that is where you're commanding us to go. We thank you for your sacrifice and because of the great love that you have for us, we want to be obedient, Lord. So as we leave this place, Lord, I pray that we would wrestle this with this question, are we doing enough? Are we in your will? Are we listening to the promptings, the direction that you're pointing us in? And I pray that from this point on we'd be changed, we'd do things differently. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Give her a hand. I think she did fantastic, <clears throat> challenging, like always. What I love about where we're heading now is we're really talking about people that have exactly done the things that are on that board there, that, that saw a need that was out there, if you think about it, that felt it in some way, that got involved, that said, I'm going to do something about it, and then that went, you know, that said, right, rubber to the road, I'm going to do something exactly now to, to meet the need that I see. So uh, that's why this is such a fantastic uh, little occasion that we do here. I just wanted to make a point that today none of the people that we're going to honour sort of were clamouring and putting their hands up to say, pick me, pick me, you know, I want to be the one that gets the award. It's actually really worth saying that. I know every single person would appreciate me saying that. Um, Jesus actually talks about this. He says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And that's not the people here today. But then he says, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And that's why I think this is actually genuinely uh, a really lovely thing that's happening here because these are people that are ordinary heroes that uh, haven't exalted themselves, that are humbly doing uh, great work, very, very different fields, and we'll hear that in a minute, but doing great work humbly behind the scenes and have found themselves being lifted up. And I think in no small part that God has got a part uh, to do with all of that. So it's a real encouragement to honour everybody here today that we'll be honouring. It really is. I think it it matters and I think you've done uh, a contribution that has mattered into our community. Uh, But on top of that, I think it matters to us. I think it's good for us to see just average, everyday people doing somewhat extraordinary things. And uh, that's really what this is all about, ourselves getting encouraged, as Jess just said, for us to be able to go and do some of the great things that we see here in front of us. So we're going to get into the formal part of the ceremony. I'm going to ask uh, Cheryl to come on up and that would be great. Jess, you want to join me as well? And uh, I'm just going to begin to hand out the awards. I'm gonna, what, how we're going to do it is I'll say a little bit about the person that's about to receive the award. Cheryl will also do that. Uh, at the end of that, we'll get you to clap and as we're clapping, the person can come on up and uh, we'll hand over certificates. Just so you know as well, everybody who receives a certificate also receives uh, a gift certificate as well of their choice, and those things have all been worked out in advance. So first up here this morning, we have Linda Weatherhead. Um, uh, this is all in regards to teaching excellence, and we have a number of uh, teachers here today, so there's a bit of a theme. I did want to say, especially in regard to Linda, that Linda is a reluctant ordinary hero. Uh, word on the street and I kid you not is that we had to twist Linda's arm even a little bit in the last few days to come on up. Linda really wanted to stress the point that in a way she receives it as an individual but there's many teachers uh, that, can, that could be up here and in a sense she said well in a way I'm receiving it for all teachers. So, so that's the, that, that makes her feel better anyway so but we're going to give her an award. A little bit about what Linda's done Linda is a a teacher at Silkstone Primary School, has been recognised for the Queensland Excellence in Teaching Award, was nominated for the National Excellence in Teaching Award for her inspirational teaching. Linda's a specialist teacher and subject coordinator for music. She was nominated by the PNC for her outstanding contribution she makes to the musical life of the school and the local community. She's also the coordinator of the co-curricular music program and runs eight groups in the school. Linda's teaching methods are inclusive and her choirs cater to students of all abilities. To engage with the wider community, Linda has run an adult community choir, directed and coordinated school musicals, and raised funds for worthwhile causes through evening variety concerts. She's been teaching since the early 80s, and she's appreciated by the children, parents, and teachers of the school community. Why don't we put our hands together for Linda and all the teachers as she comes. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Keep that clap going till she gets here. Well done, Linda. Good job. Well done, Linda. <laughs> very good. Thank you. Good job. All right, over to you, Cheryl.
2: Thank you very much, Carl, and good morning, everyone, and fantastic to be back here again. This program, I think Carl and uh, that it just wasn't myself, it was Carl, Jess and and Daniel. Special thanks to Daniel for organizing it again today. So thank you and thank you Catalyst Church especially for allowing us to stay on for our community. The next uh, ordinary hero is uh, Dr. Grant Darnell. He's a science teacher. Grant is at Ipswich State High School and where he is a science teacher and has been recognized for making outstanding contributions to science education in Australia. He's also a science head of department and this year was the recipient of the Queensland BHB Billiton Science Award for Excellence in Teaching. He is also a, coordinates a number of programs which engages local primary schools to, immense, to MERS, sorry, upcoming students in the field of science and maths. Dr Grant Donnell is a prime example of a teacher in our local community who is passionate about boosting students' interest in science and maths and tries to make learning fun rather than boring. Enjoys teaching and inspiring kids of the next generation. Thank you,
0: Scott.
1: All right. Well, continuing the teacher theme, um, I have Narelle Thompson next. Uh, Uh, Narelle Thompson is a teacher at St Mary's College in Ipswich, uh, who is a long-serving member for the charity organisation, Childhood Cancer Support. This This charity supports families with young children who are undergoing oncology treatment at the Royal Children's Hospital in Brisbane. All these support services are delivered at no cost. Narelle is the current president of Childhood Cancer Support and goes above and beyond in helping these families. One example of this is the annual Camp Crystal, which is held for hundreds of families and is a weekend full of fun away from treatment and visits to the hospital. Each year this camp is held actually at Norrell's farm. This year is the 25th year that Norrell Thompson and her husband have hosted wow. Camp Crystal. So let's put our hands yeah. together for Norrell. Well done. Absolutely amazing. Very good.
2: The next recipient is Ross Elliott. Ross is a Flinders View resident, has given a lifetime of service to the city, and has been involved in the Ipswich State Emergency Service since the 70s. This year, Ross was named Citizen of the Year at the Australia Day Awards. Ross is one of the only two serving SES members who assisted during the city's floods being in 74 and 2011. In addition to his involvement with two major floods, he was instrumental in the initial setup of the Ipswich site, which is in Thorn Street. Ross has topped many roofs in this city and surrounding districts, following many storms that have passed through, and also participated in numerous search and rescue operations. Please welcome Ross Elliott.
1: Maybe Ross's only problem is he's not a school teacher, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right, next person on the list here is Craig Taylor. Uh, Craig Taylor is an Ipswich resident who has been uh, the program director for the Brussels Carols held here in Sutton Park each year for the last 18 years, totally voluntary role. Uh, Craig is a part of the park committee, which is a non-profit community group dedicated to providing a free Christmas carols event to the Ipswich community. This night has many uh, entertaining acts and uh, a whole lot of family fun. And I know a lot of us know about it. Jess and I uh, go most years as well. Uh, A lot of effort and preparation has to be done each year leading up to the event. I was even chatting to Craig just before it and talking about even having to take time off work to be able to pull off the whole event. Craig facilitates and hosts this event by organising acts and making sure the night runs smoothly. And uh, I think you'll agree, it's a fantastic night. So why don't we just welcome uh, Craig to the stage. Good job, seriously. Thank you. Yeah, well done.
2: The next person I know is very, very loved and very known by everyone here, Noel Kedge. Noel Noel is a a Brussels resident who uh, arranges bus trips for a couple of times a year for people in the community. Noel organises this non-profit event in order to build community and invites others from outside the church community to meet people and spend time one-on-one. This tour in the past has been mostly for seniors but Noel is trying to make an effort to make it open for all ages. Not only is this about a great way to build community, but all the money earned from these bus trips goes towards raising funds for missions overseas. Noel does this out of the goodness of his heart with no thought of trying to gain a profit. And as we know, that that is Noel to a T. So please, Noel, come and accept your award.
1: Thank you.. Good job. Okay, well another one of our own, Cat Latham, attendee of Catalyst here, Cat is a Brussels resident as well is a volunteer involved in cap money and CAT uh, Money stands for Christians Against Poverty. CAT Money aims to help people get in control of their finances and teaching them a simple, effective way to budget, save, and prevent debt. CAT is involved in facilitating the CAT Money course at Catalyst Church, which goes over a period of three weeks, and I know CAT's um, been involved in that quite a lot, run a number of courses. CAT supports Angela Codo with the debt centre, and uh, every couple of weeks or whenever it is needed, Angela and CAT go into people's homes and teach them the Cat Money course and is a great support to those people. She, uh, as a support worker, continues to ring people into the future and just check on them, see if they're managing things. Uh, Cat has also been involved in facilitating a Cat Money course, actually, in Ipswich State High School. And apart from all that, Cat's just a pretty cool person. (laughs) So why don't you welcome Cat to the stage. Well done, Cat, good job.
2: person we want to today is Karen Prestridge she's from Lifeline United Care community Ipswich telephone crisis support and community recovery coordination Karen lives in Ipswich area and is a coordinator in Ipswich for the telephone crisis support with lifeline lifeline Ipswich branch is part of a national service which provides confidential t- telephone crisis support 24-7 for anyone dealing with a personal crisis Karen trains, mobilizes, and equips volunteers to be able to provide telephone crisis support. She is also the community recovery coordinator for Ipswich and Westmorton, mobilizing a team of volunteers to administer psych- psychological first aid to those affected by disasters. Over the past 12 months, Karen has championed the course of Lifeline in Ipswich amongst difficult circumstances. Well done, Karen. Thank you.
1: Very good. Well, that is the uh, end of the formalities of the giving of the awards but uh, I did want to say again that Councillor Bromage here today has uh, made all of this possible through uh, financial contribution through Ipswich City Council and uh, I'd like just to ask uh, Cheryl just to say a few words so thanks Cheryl.
2: Thank you very much Carl and uh, thank you once again. Can I just congratulate Jess on the teachings this morning I think it's it's very important that uh, we do take the message away My only concern is I do feel compassion for Carl, for swamp people, and uh, (laughs) Beauty and the Geek. So I know who has the remote, I'd say, by the sounds of that. (laughs) But but in saying that, I think listening to what the people we've honoured today, what they've done, if we don't actually recognise those people, and we all hear their stories, we don't understand the, the great work that people like themselves and other people in our community are doing. So I'd still like to continue this program for as long as we can. I think it's great, and I think you're great as a church to be able to do this and to reward these amazing people for what they do. With that, thank you. Thank you once again. It's always a privilege to come here, and uh, I'm sure there's other people that we can touch in our lives. Also with the Park to Park, can I just say your support for that is absolutely amazing. I'm on the, the board of the Hospital Foundation and can we say we can't run such a successful event without the help of yourselves. We get the biggest 5K run in Queensland thanks to your support and I think that's something to be absolutely thrilled with. But just the, the way that the money that's used, once again the compassion field is there again. Money is raised that actually buys vital equipment to help people in need. So. At least you know that the money is going to a good cause and what you're doing, you're getting out, getting active, getting fit and trying to beat Carl around the 5K course, which is what our aim is to do when we see him in front of us. So um, thank you once again. I look forward to spending more days here at the church and also in the community with you. Thank you.